0: All right, well, hello. Welcome back to this fleeting breath. We have been on uh, several months of uh, a hiatus or a sabbatical. I'm not sure really what you would call it, but um, but we're here tonight, uh, the first podcast of 2022. Um, and I have with me tonight uh, the pastor here at Lincoln Avenue Baptist Church, uh, Brother Randy Runyons. Brother Randy, how are you? Good, brother. Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. So, so first podcast of the new year. Mm. Um, Brother Jesse is not with us tonight, but he'll be back. Um, he'll be back soon. Uh, we just wanted to kind of uh, give may- maybe a little bit of an update of why why have we not had a podcast in mm-hmm. in four months and why what's been going on at Lincoln Avenue. So, um, so Randy, why don't you kind of give us an update? Just kind of what. How's your world been yeah. <laughs>
1: these past few months since
0: since maybe the, the holidays started?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I would say the, if you go back into the uh, last part of last year, you know, obviously we're getting into the holiday period. And, um, you know, I think if you recall, something we talked about in a couple of our last, couple of staff meetings last year was finish well. Yeah. You know, that was really our goal and, and, um, and and we're no different than anyone else. We're all obviously dealing with, um, you know, uh, the COVID environment and whether it's in our home, not in our home, or whatever. And but honestly, now looking back in the November December time frame, we were actually probably in a better place yeah. um, than what we've went through at least in the last six eight weeks. Um, and and then you know, uh, as we closed out, we talked about I think what we're going to talk about tonight. You know, I sh- shared with you guys, and we talked about the vision statement. And then we come back from the new year, and um, uh, the wheels fall off. Yeah, you know, I mean, honestly, typically what we what I've what I've always wanted to do since since I've been the you know the pastor here was. I wanted us to, to break and rest as a staff mm-hmm. over Christmas break and then come back refreshed the best we can. I mean, we're all dealing with, you know, the absurdities that come along with Christmas yeah. and all that stuff, you know. <clears throat> but when we come back, uh, it was, uh, we may have been rested, may have been refreshed, but it it was not an easy week, yeah. not one easy week. Um, and, and so, you know, we dealt with... Uh, uh, sickness and 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 then it was uh i think it was the first wednesday in january um uh, uh that jesse uh his mom you know went to ut and yeah. and uh and you know and so we dealt with a lot and then and then so sickness and then there were i know there were so a few wednesday nights that i had there was something you know whether it was a hospital visit uh or Dealing with uh, you know a great friend of our family that we lost, and and then uh, apparently I had the flu one week. I thought it was COVID at the time. A couple weeks later, I get COVID. Brother Edwin gets COVID at the same time. It's been challenging, and then but so that's just really a microcosm of honestly what's happening in our church because since we did Lord's Supper, I want to think it was the Sunday before Christmas. We did Lord's Supper last, yeah. and that's usually a really high attendance Sunday for us and it was one of the lower ones actually we've had since then. And and, and we didn't even get to do
0: Christmas Eve service. Yeah, we right? didn't get to
1: That's right. I forgot all about that. So we didn't get to do Christmas it, Eve service. It's really like and then Yeah, cuz Jesse's whole family had it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean yeah, you're right. I I actually forgot all about that. And so but we've every week we've had 3 to 4 families with COVID and and but hey, thank's be to God, you know, um he saw us through that. Yeah. And, and you know, a lot of those COVID uh, events were, um, I think of myself as young and so younger and younger. And um, and so we've kind of went through that. And, but, you know, here we are. Yeah. And so
0: ready to move forward. Definitely. Yeah. And so it's just been, you know, it's, what is it, February, second week of February at this mm-hmm. point, And I really feel like I can just now start thinking about 2022. Yeah. It's been, you know, it's been uh, wild. But, but one of the things that we've been going through on Sunday mornings um, when, when the new year rolled around was um, the new vision statement and mm-hmm. really um, what it is really from your heart mm-hmm. that you um, have felt like the Lord is leading. Who, who, do, who are we going to be? Mm-hmm. Right As as Lincoln Avenue Baptist Church, who is it that the Lord is, is calling us to be? And I think, you know, you shared it with us first at the staff meeting, um, and then you've been sharing it over the past month and a half mm-hmm. uh, at the church level. But but let me ask you first, you know, because we, we sort of had, we've always had the identity since this staff has been together of, you know, um, Sort of piggybacking off of solo scriptura, mm-hmm. um, and really being grounded in, you know, expositional preaching, mm-hmm. um, the authority of scripture in our lives, yeah. not just in the church life, but in our our lives in our homes. And you've and you've um, obviously had major influence on at least our family's life in that in that you know capacity. And I know the rest of the staff would speak. To that as well. So, so why did you feel the need? I guess for kind of this fresh vision statement. What what was the Lord leading mm-hmm. you through in in sort of pouring your heart out in a, in in the form of a vision statement for our church?
1: Yeah. So, I guess a couple things in regards to the vision statement. But let me just say this: the mission has not changed, yeah. nor is our mission statement. And we're following Jesus through His Word when. Verse by verse, one verse at a time, you know, yeah. so the scripture uh, The purpose of the vision statement, it's came to me at times that something I would think about, should we do or should we not do? But really what got me was the last year. And in the last year, um, when we did a really deep reflection on being a church for 100 years, mm-hmm. That's really what got me was to think about that, and 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 the one thing about in the hundred year, um, the hundred years of this church, um, it's actually the the church that exists right now is the first of the digital age, and I know that you know you could you could go back to when Brother Craig was pastor and and the staff that existed then. And, and, and to that time, they were of a digital age, but it's really the digital age right. now. And, and maybe someone could say the same thing five years from now, right? Right. But it's just, we're really, I mean, especially in COVID, actually, we, when, we, when the churches shut down and stuff like that, I mean, we really put a, 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 a blueprint out there, right. you know? And so what that means is, like, I'm not so much concerned what that means is in the here and now, but let's just say we go in another 100 years, well, when we started going back and we're trying to find out, you know, who the first pastor was and yeah. how his church, and you know, we were going through newspaper clippings and you know stuff like that. Dway O'Neill, right. <laughs> the master historian of Cock County, it's not going to be that way hundred years from now. Right. Uh, hundred years from now, uh, they're going to be listening to this if they want to listen to it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is this is it's out there, and so. With that thought in mind, and what we went through in our just kind of our conversations of the hundred years was, you know, what I really want to do is I want to uh, project a vision for our staff and share that with the church of what I think we should consider uh, so we can go another hundred years. Now, we're all interim pastors. You and I, we're, we're interims. You know. we're, we're gonna, we're gonna get we're going to go somewhere else we're going to get removed we're going to die <laughs> there's an end right and there's going to be other staffs that come along lord willing and they're going to go you know another 100 200 or until jesus comes back whatever that may be and and they're going to they have the responsibility and the right to do what they need to do but i'm just thinking about well what would i want to share with the future yeah who are who we are now or who we want to be now really that i think that's the thing about the vision statement. I don't think it's who we are. It's who I propose we should become. Yeah, You know? And then that was really what what
0: spurred it all. Yeah. It's know? how we... It's the lens or the worldview in which we see how the church kind of lives and moves and breathes throughout exactly. however long we're here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of the, the, the weight against which we'll judge everything. So... Yeah. So if... If somebody has, you know, a an idea, which in staff meeting it's <laughs> it's always just sort of everybody is sounding mm-hmm. off, but how we sort of ground yes that and say this is who who we are, mm-hmm. um, and and thinking about you know a hundred years down the road, at least they will know who we desired to be. Yeah. You Amen. Know? Yeah. Um, man what I wouldn't give to know the values the core values of mm-hmm. uh, of the men and the women who who said at First Baptist you know hundred years ago mm-hmm. we need another yeah. church yeah you know mm-hmm. what, what were what was their what was their vision mm-hmm. you know and we just don't really have that you know Yeah, exactly mm-hmm. so so I think that's a great um, you know sort of twofold, purpose um so why don't why don't you kind of give us a a overview of Mm -hmm. of the vision statement and i'm not talking drill down Mm -hmm. um into the points but just kind of what is your
1: heart in each each part of the sentence Mm -hmm. right so it's so I, i i would love to tell you that i prayed and fasted for weeks and weeks and and you know just hammered this out and fleshed everything out of it but honestly that's not really what happened like i said i thought about it and considered it for many many months but when i finally sat down and and like made the decision yeah we probably really need a vision statement for a communication level for our staff and our planning and for us to share with our church what we want to do and what we want to accomplish and and what we want to invite them into to be now ultimately the church is going to be the church right right and you know we are their laborers but at the same time i'm finally coming to the place that i realize that as a pastor here um I kind of influence our direction, mm-hmm. and that moment I tell you, brother, that is not a comfortable place. Right. You know? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to be the one that navigates and orchestrates all of our directions, and but someone has to have the role, right? Yeah. And so there's a necessity for it. There right? is. There absolutely is. And I want the church to be the church, and but so. With all that being said, I basically I sat down and I, and I wanted to think. I, so my thought process of this was, what matters? And then not only what matters is, what does the Bible say the church should be? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, well, to me, it begins with Scripture. Right. Just like our mission statement is and, and and where scripture comes into this with me personally is that is the authority, and so there, I will never be intimidated by a church member or a government official or a um, debater center in the secular world like right. no current event is going to intimidate me no no, no, nothing, nothing is going to intimidate me in regards to Scripture because that's where the authority comes from. Right. Now, we come to tough passages, and we come to passages that are hard to understand, and so that's a whole different conversation. But authority is founded in Scripture. So for us to be a church for the next hundred years or for the next hundred minutes, for that matter, we have to be holding to Scripture. Yeah. Where does our authority come from? So that's that's where that's where my heart and my passion uh, was at in regards to that. Well, then led me to the next one, and this one was probably the one that I had the most conversation about as a staff, and motivated by the Spirit. And so, to me, uh, you can become a, uh, a a a people that know what the Bible says. You can memorize the verses. You can memorize. Uh, the catechisms, uh, the litur- liturgical—I have our time even saying that word—but yeah. the liturgy of right. the church, right? But if there's not the Spirit there with us, then we're powerless. And we looked at that actually Sunday night, and and I didn't even see it until I was yeah. preaching at Sunday night. I was like, oh, I should use this for yeah. <laughs> in First Thessalonians chapter one. You know, the the Thessalonians received. Paul says, "You not only received it by word, but you received it by yeah, power." That that that
0: hit me because we yeah. talk about it in salvation, yes, right. But we don't necessarily ever, or at least I haven't ever really heard it applied the way that you applied it in not just in salvation, which mm-hmm. which we you know we know, but but in just the daily living of the Christian mm-hmm. walk, there is that element as well, well that the Spirit has to, to be there uh, as well as the Scripture. You know? yes. And
1: so, um, I, I'd never thought about that until Well, until it got Sunday. much more clear while I was actually preaching it, to be honest with you. I mean, I was just like, oh my goodness. I mean, I had pretty good notes, I felt like. Yeah. And, but I was like, this is this is so real. And so, like, you know, so the Bible is the Bible, and when I can turn a page, I can open it, I can read it, and I can say, well, if you don't like this, okay, well, that's your problem. You know? Coke and a smile, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, and, and, and if we don't agree on this then that's our problem right. I should also say that but though when it comes to the spirit we should you know he is God and he dwells and he lives within us mm-hmm. he's actually our teacher yeah. and so that this is the great comfort that I have as a preacher there's a lot of sermons that I preach there's a lot of moments in, in, a, in a sermon I may preach and there's times I'm, I cannot help but to be a little bit fleshly can't help it I am confident, though, that the Spirit resides within our people. Yeah. And that the Spirit is actually going to teach them better. And Hey, let's just say I got something really good, and I really hit on something. Oh, wow. Well, what can the Spirit go do?
0: Yeah. You know, that's
1: our teacher. So when I say motivated by the Spirit, that's what I mean by that. It's not that, like, I need to have a warm, fuzzy feeling, or, you know, I just need this, uh, I need a sign from heaven is that the Spirit is the one that takes the word of life and can constantly applies it to us. We want our preaching on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, our Sunday school discipleship. We want that to be obviously a major impact in the Spirit works. But at the same time, we believe that the church is much bigger than a pastoral staff and, and, and a teaching from a Sunday school level. We want people to know that they can open up their Bible anytime and that the same Holy Spirit lives in them. Yeah. He lives in us. We're all together in this. And they can read their Bible and He can teach them and say, you know what, I'm teaching you. I'm showing you something. Yeah. So,
0: so holding fast to Scripture, Yeah. right? But Scripture really as the the... The words on the page, right, are not necessarily what holds the power, but it's, it's a tool in the hands mm-hmm. of a triune God. Amen. You know? Amen. And so we don't, we don't, we don't, um, how do I say, uh, we don't have the reverence. We don't have the capacity to revere. Mm. The Scripture, Amen. The way that we should, mm-hmm. but we don't even do it. You know, it's kind of like um, Romans seven into eight, right? The things that I I don't want to do, I do. And mm-hmm. We don't. Even, we're not even at that. Like we can't even get that right. Yeah. But there's a whole nother level of reverence for that interconnection between the, the Triune um, God working through the tools of um of the scripture the words on the page obviously i'm not talking about the logos right the word yeah but i'm talking about you know the physical scripture the things we hold in our hands and our, and we read is really the tool in which god has communicated with us and not just in our mental capacity mm-hmm. but in our spirit yeah. he's communicated with us that way
1: you know, um, I, 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 I just want to add to that because it's something I just, I just thought about. So this week, I mean, we have to do at work, we have to do these, uh, you sit in front of your computer and you do these 45-minute trainings and yeah. it's basically like when you sign off on it, it's like you can't sue them over it or they can fire you over yeah. it, right? Yeah. It's <laughs> thing, <you know? laughs> Those are everywhere in education. Yeah, yeah well. exactly. And So I, I, we, I did one on uh, some form of code of ethics or something like that. And one of the things that, you know, this is this is this is we're a global company. This is secular in every sense. But one of the things they talk about in that training is the uh, letter of the law and the spirit of the law. Yeah. And I'm sitting there and I'm reading this and I'm like, okay, well, y'all have heard of Jesus, you yeah. know? <laughs> like, I mean, they literally what they were saying was obviously in a secular contents, but it reminded me of the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. And it reminds me of the Pauline teachings. Honestly, yeah. you know. And so we believe in the Bible. And when Jesus, when he stood up in Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, or sat down, I think they sat when they talked, about whatever. Yeah. But when he, when, they, when he began to teach, right? He stood up in the Spirit anyway. There, there you go, <laughs> right? There were a lot of people there that believed in the Bible, what we would call Old Testament. Right. Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount. He made it come alive. Yeah. And... Now, and to be honest with you, that's is, this is a very challenging thing because what you see from Matthew 5, 1 to the end of Matthew chapter 7 yeah. is he makes it much more challenging. Jesus requires more. Right. Well, the Holy Spirit, this is what Jesus tells us about it, the Holy Spirit in John chapter 16, I think. He's only going to teach us of Jesus. Right. right. So when we open our Bibles up, He's going to challenge us more. He demands more. He, he almost clears everything
0: up and then at the same time makes it completely impossible in, in the flesh.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? He, The Holy Spirit, this is who the Holy Spirit to me is as an individual. I mean, obviously, He's God. He's right. He's the third person of the Trinity. But the Holy Spirit... Is the one that constantly is reminding me of how much I need grace. I need Christ. You know, I need I need the works of God. I mean, I, there's there's holiness that only exists in Him. You know, yeah. and he and it's not from a uh, an aspect of uh, like the the pagans would have went through it, feeling guilty and beaten down and trodden down. It's sweet. It's sweet to me. You yeah. know, he's like it's come, not, this yeah, it's I not have not burdensome you. to you. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. So
0: but if you let that sit in your lap for long enough, right, and really wrestle with it, <clears throat> then you come to to the realization that it's impossible for me um, to glean all that the spirit has to offer. In a um, in a personal capacity only mm-hmm. like I need to express this mm-hmm. in other ways and yeah. I need training mm-hmm. in these things and yeah. I, and so I think that sort of leads to does, yeah. the third part of mm-hmm. what we uh, you know have in the vision statement which mm-hmm. is um, the Christian walk the Christian faith is not, um, we hear a lot about um, you know Jesus and being my savior, and, and but but there's an element at which the Holy Spirit works not just through the Word but also through um, the Church itself. Yeah, there's ministries that when you think about you know the uh, the sacraments, right? Or the the two that we hold to, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's obviously a work that the Holy Spirit does, right? And that, but that can't happen just with with me and and just, I can't give myself communion. Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. And so there's a, backwards, yeah. right? There's a certain level of um, need for uh, a, a leadership, mm-hmm. uh, a preaching of the word. And I think that comes in when we talk about, you know, the third part of the vision statement, which is equipping of the saint mm-hmm. and what it is exactly that we mean by that. And I don't want to steal your thunder, but you, you mentioned we think of equipping of the saints wrongly. And so I, w- I definitely wanted you to talk about that from your sermon. I guess it was, what, two or three weeks ago now, mm-hmm. um, you know, about, what do we what do we mean when we're talking about
1: equipping of the saints? Yeah. So, I guess I'll just take it one step back. Um, so, so, Heath, you and I we we recognize a a church age that's trying that's going through some type of transition. Yeah. And now we don't know exactly what it's transitioning into. Yeah. But we. Uh, you and I, most of our experience in our uh, cr- Christian and or even pre-Christian, whether it has come from our experiences of church, from parent- parents taking us to church, wherever it may be, right? We live in a very, we've experienced a very commercial age yeah. of the church. And so um, this has been very confusing for me for many, many years um, on on what what is supposed to happen in church, you know, not just when we meet on Sunday morning, but what is the church supposed to be doing? Yeah. And so one of the things that happened, and this is just a part of uh, the church age in Western civilization and American Christianity, was the nineteen eighties through basically two thousand. Fifteen, whenever the millennials came in, I mean, at some point, right? And, and of course, you know, every, don't matter, it depends on where you live at, too, right? Uh, we've been a very commercialized group, and so basically, what a lot of people were looking for the church was the same way when you go shop on Amazon. We were looking at from a consumer based, and so we hear a lot about discipleship, you know, and I want to be a part of discipleship, or I want to be leading in discipleship, or I want to be discipled, and all this kind of stuff hey we love discipleship we believe in it the, to me that ha, and really in the last 20 years and that's how long i've been in the ministry in some form that's been very confusing to me well, i don't even know what that means right Like, what are you talking about what when you i know i know what the bible talks about in discipleship what are you talking about you know because yeah. disciples are a follower of jesus you know it's it's to be taught it's to be mentored you know but we've, you've, what we've saw, and I'm not, what I'm about to say here, I'm not knocking anybody, okay? Here's what we have saw. We have saw, well, let's start a class uh, on uh, personal finances and you know, getting out of debt. And let's start a class on, let's do a women's class on this one need or this one concern. And uh, what we need is we need a senior men's group or we need a youth group, or we need a kids group, and we need this, this, this. And again, I'm not knocking any of that. Is That's not my point. Right. What I'm saying is is that what I see in the Scripture, the equipping of the saints, actually will begin in worship. And it begins when the people of God come together. That's You do not have church until you're together. And that's another thing. That you and I have grown up in—that if you study church history, it was completely uncommon. If Luther and Calvin and Zwingli and Spurgeon, uh, going you know to the 19th century, uh, if they came to uh, the local church today on a Wednesday night, they'd be like, "What in the world are you doing?" Yeah, you know. Um, and, and a lot of that's just kind of been rooted in us and it's, it's probably not going to change and you're the bad guy if you change it. Tradition. Exactly. Right. The equipping of the saints, though, begins in a corporate environment. And it begins in worship. It begins by prayer. It begins, in, and it don't have to be in this order, yeah. but it begins with prayer. It begins with the reading of Scripture. It begins with preaching. It begins with singing. You know, it begins with the Lord's Supper. It begins with baptism. Yeah. And so... No one in my 20 years of ministry has ever come to me. I've had a lot of people come to me and say, Hey, I want to get plugged into discipleship, or I want to be a part of discipleship. No one has ever come to me and said, I really want to be plugged into the Lord's Supper. Yeah. No. People don't talk like that. No. It's it's the highest peak of worship. In corporate worship is the Lord's Supper. And it's to stick the reminder, you know, it's like the closest experience you should have of the moment of your salvation, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is the Lord's Supper. Yeah. It's the thing he gave us.
0: It's, it's, the, it's the sacrament that comes with a warning. Right? Yes.
1: <laughs> you know? In the same way of the invitation of salvation. Exactly. Yeah. And so to me, the equipping of the saints obviously begins in worship. Yeah. But we do branch out from there.
0: I think, let, me, let me just yep. stop you and ask, so do you feel like, and it, maybe I'm planting a seed that doesn't need to be planted, but do you feel like that there are some of those equipping of the saints elements that need to change mm-hmm. in, at Lincoln Avenue? Yeah, and, and, you know, we may see some of those things as we, as a staff, pray mm-hmm. about really, you know, we're at a point now where we, um, we've talked about it on the podcast a lot, that that the Christian nominalism that existed twenty years ago, and there were benefits to being a Christian mm-hmm. or being known as a Christian or, or associated yeah. with it, are gone, and and some of the fat is going to have to be trimmed. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I'm not talking about people. In yeah, that. I'm talking about um, programs and mm-hmm. things, traditions. You know, so do you feel like maybe that there is some, there's a, a, a wind of change and things like, you know, maybe even like Wednesday nights and Sunday school, you know, things that we've just always sort of looked at and said, well, we have to have that, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody has that. Um, maybe some, some transitions happening in those areas
1: with the vision statement? Well, there's no question it's going to change. And here's what I'll say by that. And I'm not saying it because I'm going to change it. Right. But... It's going to change whether we're part of that change or not. And the one thing that I will say about the younger generation that I see of the believers, and we're no different than any other generation. While well, they're hard to find, right? Yeah. There is a more genuine, real, and true spirit yeah. in the younger generation of believers. Just I'm talking about believers than there was in the Gen Xers. Oh. that I was a part of. So there's definitely going to be some changes that. But here's what I would say, just going back another step. What we need is we need a people who desire to just come together and pray. Mm. If there's anything that the current church age, in my opinion, could do that many of us have seen and witnessed and experienced... Would be to go back to a a real prayer meeting setting. Yeah. Um, the problem here's here's the challenge we have. We have a couple of challenges now. Some people would say, well, the challenge is, well, no one's going to show up for that. You know, the, and and again, I hate to be a church. I think hist-
0: they're wrong in that, by the way. Yeah,
1: I, I agree. I think as a church history nerd, and I hate to always go back to church history, but the reason that we started teaching on Wednesday nights was we felt like you know that would entice more people to come you know the the real real origin of from the western perspective of of wednesday nights was to come and meet and pray yeah you know seeking salvation seeking you know god's spirit upon them confessing of sins james chapter james is what he talks about you know i really think that that to me is an element that has to happen and, and honestly, we can talk about equipping the saints, yeah. um, but until we as a church learn how to do that together, there will not be the equipping of the saints. Yeah. Um, now, you and I, we can labor in the Scripture. Brother Jesse can labor in, in catechi- catechizing us with, with ser- uh, songs to sing, and, and Brother Edwin as, as well from a, from a preacher, teacher, uh, and even uh, an executive leader in our church. I mean, all those things are great, and all those things are wonderful, but we have to become a people of, of prayer together, seeking Him together. Yeah. That's how the church was born of the New Testament age. Yeah, you look at Acts chapter 2. It, it's critical. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: So, and then and then with that, I think, as that evolves, you can't help but have um, a desire to see him worshipped mm-hmm. um, outside mm-hmm. of the church walls. When the church comes together in in prayer and in, in fasting and in communion together, um, then I think you, you have a, a spark. You have a... Uh, ignition that happens for the last part of the vision statement,
1: which is um, which is essentially a, a mission. Right? Yeah, it's 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 it is the Great Commission. You know, we the we uh, we we do not believe the purpose of the church's existence is for missions. Right. We believe the purpose of the church's existence is for worship. So we hold fast to Scripture. You know, we are motivated by the Spirit. So the Spirit is He's making the church alive. He's who Jesus promised would come and be with us, that third person of the Trinity. And the equipping of the saints is us just edifying one another, you know, right. in some form or fashion. But there's a purpose. Yeah, you know, it's it's we're it's not our purpose in our existence, it's the there's a purpose of all of that. There's there is the uh, for, for every reaction, there's an opposite and equal reaction, right? right. It's, the, it's the physics of God. Yeah, That one thing that God has told the church, there's one thing God has told us to go do. and And as a church, and as a corporate church, as a corporate body, and that is to go and take the gospel and share it in every single nation. And there's a lot of things that we can go do, that he didn't tell us to go do yeah. and they're good they're great right you know if you're, a, if you're a great scholar and you can write books for guys like you and I to read on hey that's a great blessing and, and those can even be helpful in, in missions but the one thing that he told us to go do was not to go to the fish fry on Friday mm-hmm. as a Sunday school class nothing wrong with that uh, not to have basketball at the church nothing wrong with that the one thing he told us to do is go take the gospel into every single nation. Yeah. And I, I, don't, I want to say this. I, I, I don't know if I was clear enough on this or not. When I talk about missions at our church, I, I am not forsaking local. But when I talk about missions, I'm talking about global missions because that's the way the Bible presents it to us. Right. And to me, it's absurd to me, it would be the, 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 it would be absurd to argue with global missions today from any Christian viewpoint whatsoever. Right. Considering in the first century when Jesus gives this down, the fact that it would take you three months maybe to travel 160 miles, right. depending on where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we t- to to not acknowledge the globalness that was expected of them then in a civilized world, and they traveled the ends of it. And to be honest with you, from all we know, from a civilized world, the gospel pretty much reached the civilized world by the end of the first century. Yeah. And they can continue to go on and continue to branch and branch and go further and further, and further. They went to the uncivilized. I wonder,
0: just comparatively, if there's been a more successful missional age
1: it would be hard to imagine yeah. we could be ever more successful than the apostles. Yeah. And you know, honestly within church history, um, probably Polycarp, you know, you you go uh, Justin Martyr, Polycarp, you know, maybe the 2nd century, I think uh, that's just Rome in general. And then and then obviously the the creation of the printing press and the Protestant Reformation was a massive ordeal.
0: Needless to say, we're we are in a, a God given age, yes. where where we have the capacity to reach yes. the world, and I'm not sure that that's been
1: true for more than a hundred years. No, I mean, well, okay. So before before Rome took over uh, the the area of um, um, Persia, mm. you know, all the way to Egypt, they. The access of travel was very complicated. Yeah. By the time that Rome was almost on its downward spiral, this great civilized engineering mecca, I mean, just from an engineering perspective, what, from a civil engineering perspective, what they did was amazing. Yeah. So that by the time that Jesus and the apostles came into the scene, there, was a highway, there were literally highways for yeah. them to go take the gospel. This is why we as Christians, and especially us good Baptists, we know Romans Road, right? Because yeah. there literally was a Romans Road. Well, now we live in a whole new age, a new era of what Romans Road is. But regardless, if we was going backwards, and if it was harder now to share the gospel, it doesn't change the Great Commission. Yeah. It's not optional. This, this is not optional whatsoever. And another thing I would say about this is like, I grew up thinking, you know, well, when Lori and I got married, uh, it wasn't long after we got married, you know, I uh, announced my call to preach. I'm beginning to go into ministry, and it wasn't long after that, you know, uh, well, Lori and I was married in 98, Dylan was born in 2000, right? And so immediately, you know, as I, I'm growing as a Christian, I'm growing as a young minister, I thought, well, I, you know, I, I will never be a, be a missionary because um you know i'm young i got kids and you know and got responsibilities and all that and and i i really thought that a missionary was someone that would be young and they would go to college they get a degree and they go into some mission organization and live this reckless glorious wonderful life and it would be so fun so great so hard but so cool
0: yeah
1: and really That is not what the Bible teaches. And that's what I was saying Sunday. I was like, you know, it don't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how much debt you have. It doesn't matter what your situation is. Here's what the responsibility is. Are you a believer? Mm -hmm. Have you been born again? Are you welcome to Lord's Supper? Does the Lord welcome you to Lord's Supper? And if the Lord welcome you to that great communion, you're worthy of missions. Now, there could be complexities with that. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I mean, there there could be some really major hurdle, hurdles, and we obviously believe in our mission agencies. Yeah. The only thing I'm saying is, is that it's that's the way we should start looking at it. Now, it's not for everyone to go, no. but it's for everyone to be involved.
0: Yeah. Send or go. I think about, and maybe we're coming to to the end of this age, but you know, a, a lot of people have obviously read John Piper, and they probably. Yeah read, don't waste your life. But, mm-hmm. but if you think about the sermon that that came out of, mm-hmm. right, where he is basically just land blasting the American mm-hmm. view of, I'm going to work till I'm 65, and then I'm going to, you know. Click seashells. I'm C- going to click seashells. <laughs> and he talks about what what is Jesus going to do yeah. with your seashell yeah, collection, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> I think maybe we're coming maybe It changed to, us. Maybe, maybe mm-hmm. that whole young restless reform. Movement is, is, I mean, I guess we're kind of that generation, right? Mm-hmm. So that's come sort of full, full circle. But I think we, we do have to break out of the idea that somehow the work that you need to do for the Lord needs to be done by the time you're 40. Or by the
1: time you're, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. That's just crazy. It really is. Yeah. You know, it's a... Because I want to live a long time. Yeah. And I want to live for Jesus the whole time. Yeah. You know, I, I, I tell you what, Heath, the John Piper sermon, uh, Don't Waste Your Life, I think it was uh, summer of 2000, um, I, it never hit my ears to probably around 2008-ish, something yeah. like that, you know, and obviously David Platt was sparked, he was part, you know, he, he was, I don't know, maybe he was in the crowd that day, I don't know, but he obviously impacted his life, and he wrote the book The Radical. And those things, here's what I'll say about those things, whether you're Calvinist or you're not Calvinist, reformed, not reformed. Those, those books, those sermons that would, would be spurned from that, and it's just not just those two. You know, Power influenced a lot of people. Yeah. <clears throat> they awakened something in me. So we know about the great awakening that happened. Hyper did not tell me anything Jesus had not already told me. Oh yeah. Same with Platt or whoever you may throw out there. You know, um, what? But it awakened something in me yeah. of what the Bible was, uh, has been saying, what Jesus had been teaching, what yeah. the Holy Spirit had been uh, obviously manifesting in my own heart and mind. And it just, the fog had been lifted. Exactly. It just made it very, very real. And then, so it's this, it's like once, it's no matter what you're talking about in life, once you see it, you can't unsee it. What I was so shocked at going back to probably around 2010, because this is when I really started preaching in regards to this, you know, Luke chapter 14 is a very, very challenging, you know you know, to, to, not, to not lay everything down and to not deny yourself and to not be a follower of Jesus Christ, you're no different than a big pile of cow crap on a field. Yeah. You know, basically what it says. <clears throat> what I was so shocked at to me was how clear it was to me when I started delivering it to people and how hard it was for people to receive it and, mm. and have it. That to me was very difficult because to me it was not preaching on Calvinism. It was right. not preaching on predestination or election. I was preaching on, this is what God's word says. And a lot of the resistance was um, commercialism, yeah. consumerism, and the American dream. Yeah,
0: I wouldn't even, I, w- I mean, we've talked about this before, but, you know, just the word Calvinism, we're so much, I mean, that that word we're so much closer to so many other theologians that w- absolutely you know on things like baptism and and the yeah. uh, Lord's Supper and, and so many things, right? right?
1: So to even if I had a man that's not in the Bible, I'm a Spurgeon guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know. a Spurgeon, a Spurgeonite is that what? Yeah, I, Spurgeon I, and Augustine, whatever. So, you know,
0: but but back to you know the fog being lifted. Do you feel like that maybe? In some areas, including Lincoln Avenue Baptist Church, that maybe there is that fog has
1: returned and there needs to be another. I think, you know what? I think that's a great question, Heath. And I'll be honest with you. I think that that is a reality because I think it really begins in my own heart and mind and soul and conscience. And I get foggy. That's right. You know, there, there are times that I'm... I mean, this yeah. is part of the equipping of the saints, too, though. I would say the same thing. It's really... There's
0: moments uh, of life that... Or there's seasons where yeah. the fog is thick. Yes. You know? And then there's seasons where the Lord is is, close and, mm-hmm. and the fog is lifted and mm-hmm. there's clarity yeah. of purpose. And... You know, those times are usually associated with, I think, seasons in the church mm-hmm. as well.
1: And you know what, Heath? I think this is the thing that I don't think the church has that I want them to. I hope that they'll have one day. And, and I really don't know how to get us there. But the one thing that the church probably doesn't have, and maybe they do. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm from, coming from a pastoral level. But what I have is I have you and I have Heath and I have Jesse and Seth, and even Brother Mark. You know, Brother Mark texts me and encourages me all the time. And and then I have other pastor friends. I even some of my old Free Will Baptist friends yeah. that I have that you know help me and encourage me and 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 you know really help challenge me. Whatever you may say and. And i don't know if the church always has that i mean for obviously we have us but i i want that for them i want everyone to have you know i want i want there to be a bunch of paul and solaces yeah you know that's what i really want is this for us to be a bunch of paul and solaces and and encouraging one another challenging one another and 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 i hope that we as ministers are helping, encouraging those lights. Yeah. Because to me, honestly, it's not about going back and seeing, well, what made Lincoln Avenue successful in 1985, or 1995, or 2005, and we gotta get back to this, and we gotta get back to this. To me, it's we, it, I actually never wanna go back. I wanna go to Jesus. Right. That's, what, that's really what I want for everyone. Yeah is to get come to him and then and when, when we come to him as we get closer to him then we go outward that's that great commissional yeah. mind, mindset you know and so yeah, yeah that's really the heart yeah. of that the whole of uh, making disciples in every nation is you know we want our kids and um, we want your little girls when they go down to Kids Connect uh, we want them to learn about Jesus and to know that Jesus wants them to take the gospel into the earth. Yeah. And then we want our senior Sunday school class uh, to know that Jesus died for them, and was buried and rose on the third day, and He wants them to take the gospel into the earth. And that's that's it. I mean, that's that's ultimately yeah. what what we want. Yeah. So. Who 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 God is, who mm-hmm.
0: they are in Christ. Yeah. And then how they are called. Yeah, you
1: know. One final thing I'll say on this, and I've enjoyed this, and I feel like we've probably talked much longer than most people are going to listen, so people are probably <laughs> turned off by now. But there's one thing, final thing I want to say about this, and that is this, is that I, I, I wanted to share something that I felt was be uh, edifying and fruitful and beneficial for our church, and really, obviously, for our staff, mm-hmm. to be our managing light. When I got done and I stepped back and I looked at it, and it really, probably I was about halfway through writing sermons on it. I was really encouraged that everything that this rolls out is, it's not divisive. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if there's one subject in this that you're divided on, then Lincoln Avenue is probably not your best church. Yeah. So if you have a problem with the inerrancy of Scripture and infallibility of Scripture, and, and I'm not telling no one we don't want them to come here, but I mean, you're not going to like our preaching, yeah. right? I mean, you're just not going to like it. I mean, because that's where we hold all authority at. And, you know, the motivated by Spirit, that's a, that's a whole conversation we can have. But w- right. w- our belief of the Holy Spirit and who He is and what He is, it's pretty much cut and dry. It's not only who we are as Lincoln Avenue. It's who we are. I wouldn't even say who we are as Southern Baptists. It's who we are as Protestants. Right. It really is. Yeah. Um, and then as far as, you know, the equipping of the saints, uh, to me it's really if you and Ashley and the kids moved away and, you, you know, God gave Ashley a nursing job, you know, yeah. in yeah. Memphis you're going to be looking for a church that's going to equip the saints. Yeah. I and mean, that's going to be something you're looking for, right? And then when it comes to the great commission, well if you're not you're not plugged into that, and you're not sold into that, then you should definitely reevaluate whether you're a southern Baptist or not cuz it's who we are. Yeah. It's really who we are. Now also, I mean, I even challenged someone another level and well, you probably should evaluate if you're a Christian or not. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a tough pill to swallow, but it's Lord, true. Lordship. You know, John MacArthur John MacArthur is 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 known for his um, his dissertation turned basically into books on lordship salvation, and really what lordship salvation is is not a works based salvation, but it is the action of our salvation. Yeah, and to me that's what the Great Commission is, and so the reason we're passionate about the Great Commission is because of the Lordship salvation in our life. Mm-hmm. And so, and, I, I, and, I, and I'll, I'll close with this. <clears throat> Anyone that doesn't know how convinced and determined I am about the Great Commission and my real convictions about it, you should just be a pastor for an hour mm-hmm. when you see two people in a little family that you love leave the church who are major important roles in our church. And you sent one of the best families you have to a foreign country and you may never see them again.
0: Yeah.
1: That takes a lot out of you as a pastor. Yeah. And and I thought it was something for me to offer my own children up, but to see people I needed mm-hmm. <laughs> and I leaned on to see that Mark and Courtney and that little young family go. Yeah. It take a lot it takes a lot out of you. Um but it was in Christ, yeah. And you you can never give God more, you know, than He can give you. And so our it wasn't this wasn't a Randy thing. I saw oh, yeah. our church. We've saw a lot of people come and go, Heath. Oh yeah, a lot of people come and go. We've seen only one family leave to go for the purpose of taking the gospel into foreign land. Yeah, that's overwhelming. It is, and. I believe Heath that we're going to see more. I really do. I believe it. I've prayed for twenty and ten. We're on year seven, <laughs> so uh, or year three of the. We have said more to God. I should say. So, right. Good.
0: Yeah. God can. God, God can do it, and you know, it is. Yeah, you're right. I mean, just to, if you really. If, if they're going to be, sort of exposed. On one of these points, one of these four we've discussed, it's going to be the Great Commission. I like, think so. Like, where are we at on the Great Commission? Mm-hmm. We have to be, you know, uh, true to ourselves. And I think that's that's going to be the challenge going forward. Mm-hmm. You know, are we willing to put our, uh, you know, uh, money where our mouth is or mm-hmm. whatever in that? Um or we'll, Is there or something we... we
1: love more than Jesus? Yeah. You know, we, and we know what the scripture teaches us, we should, ha- our love for Jesus should make everything else look like hate. Yeah. Not that we should hate things, but that's the, the comparison. Un- that's the comparison. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so the, our, that's where I think we have to do a great commission. I remember, um,
0: 18 years old, sitting in, uh, uh, I think it was an introduction to Romans class which as an 18 year old I was not prepared Mm -hmm. but um, uh, the guy um, quoted a scripture that I'd never heard before and it's comes from Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 14 and it's the Lord he's not really talking about this subject but he's he's promising the people, right? And it, and it says, um, as I live, right, th- this thing will come to pass. As I live, and the second part of the promise is, as the glory of the Lord will cover um, the earth in the same way that water covers the sea. Mm. Um, that's, that's <laughs> if God doesn't swear, right, but if he swore, <laughs> you know, if he, His his version of Hand on the Bible, mm-hmm. his version of mm-hmm. "On My Mother's his Grave," oath. his oath mm-hmm. is, "As I live." But you
1: love the absolutes of God, yeah. <laughs> and,
0: and as I live, and as the my glory will cover the earth, mm-hmm. as the as the waters cover the sea. Mm-hmm. That you know, he just gives us a glimpse of, mm-hmm. of who he is mm-hmm. in that, um, and that has to, we have to be
1: sold out on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, He's going to his gospel is going to be preached in every nation. Yep. And he's going to save people from every tongue and every tribe. And so if I, if, okay, so like the whole Bitcoin, cr- cr- and I still don't know what cryptocurrency <laughs> and all that is. I've lost more money. Than yeah. But, you know, if you were on the front end of that, I think you may have done really well. So I'm going to, I'm going to really age myself. So if we went back to 1995, you know, I got the flux capacitor and I got, in, <laughs> and you know, went back to the future, I'm buying Yahoo and Google SOG. Yeah. Right? Right. Because that's 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 a win. It's this is a huge win. Well, here you go. All right, you're you're not gonna get paid anything for this. But I ground breaking stock information, big news, future event. God will be glorified in all of the earth. Mm. <laughs> I don't want us to be I don't want us to be bystand I don't want us to be in um the last row of the upper deck. And if we are, then praise God for that. All right, You know, getting in the stadium is a big deal. No, I want us to be... I want us to be there. I mean, I want us to be... On the field. Absolutely, I, mean, I, want, I, I want front row. Yeah. I don't want to be bystanders. I don't want us just to simply be people that on, on uh, Easter for Annie Armstrong and for Christmas on Lottie Moon that we are, we act like we re, are reminded that missions exist. Yeah. Uh, I want us to be champions. I want us to be a light, you know, for for uh, the people of the nations. Mm-hmm. And and I don't, I don't, I have no idea how we're going to do that. I have yeah. no plan whatsoever. Only thing I, the only plan I have is just to read the Bible and preach from it. Yeah. I have n- literally no plan to make us that way. But I believe that I believe that God wants that not only from Lincoln Avenue, but He wants it from our sister churches in our community. Yeah, this is not, not and He wants it from the littlest church in, absolutely. in Grassy Fork, absolutely, you know, that runs that's right. twelve the, people on a Sunday oh, morning. Oh man, if there is a country, if there is a, if there is what we call, or what they call, or whoever calls, if there is a member of a country church that even if great, if you are still listening and you hear this. You are just as embodied in this as anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, that, I think this is the thing that when it comes to missions, God never made limits. We, we made limitations. Yeah. And he takes, he took Moses who was a bad speaker and he made him the spokesman of God of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, what does that tell you? You know, he God takes those who can't so that they do, so he will be known. Yeah. And I yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I mean it doesn't matter. I mean it doesn't matter how big your church is, it doesn't matter your budget. I mean, honestly, when it comes to real I mean, we'll have to get Mark and Courtney on here one day and do an interview with them, especially you know, they can tell us, but you lose all your strength in missions. Mm-hmm. You become less so that he becomes more. It's hard to do in this western world yeah it really is you could do it from the pulpit <laughs> oh uh, yeah you definitely do you yeah. definitely do from there, but from we'll experience a, from that. the everyday
0: ministry and missions i mean it's it's and I would even go so far as to say you know if you are in a church that doesn't have the the ability to send you know bring... Come to Lincoln Avenue. Oh, absolutely! Bring your pastor with you. Yeah, and we will support you, however, however we can. And Any, not only that, but the but the IMB will support you, and and the Southern Baptist will absolutely will support you. There's there's
1: there's paths to the mission field, right? That absolutely. I mean, and it's not even just us. I mean, no, no, no. Yeah. Mike Kinsley uh, our yeah. DOM. You know, he's passionate about missions, and but yeah, absolutely. I mean. What I could tell someone is if they have a heart to serve Christ for the glory of the gospel to be preached in the nations and their faith is consistent to what we believe in the uh, Baptist distinctives, then we will do everything we can to get them on a mission field. Amen.
0: That's a great thing, a uh, great place to stop, I think.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: you want to pray for us as we close? or
1: Absolutely. Yeah, let's pray together. Father, we thank you, we love you, we praise you, and I'm reminded of what we sung uh, Sunday morning as we were in our benediction, uh, the song. And it says, uh, Boldly we come to you, the Father, um, clothed in Jesus' righteousness. Mm -hmm. And the reason that we can boldly come to you and do so is because of that righteousness that was finished upon the cross. And so we... Come to you in this moment, in this time, and we thank, we're we thankful for you and your goodness upon our lives. And Lord, we are especially thankful also for the church. And the, there, is, there is really no personal gain or personal motivation that we have as pastors in regards to being involved with the church. But rather we do so because of who you are and your love and passion for the church. And so, you know, what I know, Lord, is that I've I will I'm gonna wake up tomorrow if you desire for me to wake up, and I will fail at loving the church in the way that you love the church. She is your bride. I'm a steward in the field. Brother Heath is a steward in the field. We're just simple plowmen and, and tools and instruments. So, Lord, what we pray for is we pray for, as a, we pray for our whole pastor staff. Oh, God, would you make us sharp tools? Would you make us strong stewards? And would you make us be people that are wise and obedient in serving you? And then, Lord, now we lift up the church that you love and adore more than anything. Oh, God, would you bless her? Would you perfect your bride? Would you make her look like you? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.